1 uh, this morning, 1 Samuel 1, and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 9 this morning. First Samuel 1, verse number 9. Now, I will open this morning to saying this, I've wrestled with the Lord over this message, and I'm going to do my best to follow Him today. Probably Proverbs 31 and 1 Samuel 1 are the most common Mother's Day messages. My prayer is I'm not preaching a common message today. I don't want to just preach a sermon or an outline. I pray that God will help me give you something today that will help you in your walk of faith. We're, we're, we're gathered together with... We've got to understand something before we get into this. We have moms here who are blessed with children... We have women here who are praying for children. We have children here whose mothers are now with the Lord. We have mothers here whose children are now with the Lord. A day like today affects all of us in different ways. What gets us through all of it is the Lord. 1 Samuel 1, verse number 9, read with me, please. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. Skip down to verse number 19 with me. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. Now Canaan knew Hannah's wife, and the Lord remembered her. Father, today as we gather and now stand for the reading of your word, Father, I pray that just the reading of it affects our hearts. And I pray this morning that you will help me uh, to preach as I've never preached before. And that the power of the Holy Spirit would bear witness to your truth. Help me to be your voice in this time. And may you accomplish today what pleases you. And may it be of faith and people's Rejoice in you and your goodness. And if there's one here this morning that doesn't know Christ, may today they make that decision. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. You may be seated. I want to start out this morning by asking you a question. Do you believe the Lord? And that doesn't mean do you believe in God. I mean, do you believe God? Because there's a big difference there. But, I mean, the devils believe God. Doesn't make them his children or followers. And there are lots of people who believe, claim to believe in God. But do you believe him? That really comes true. I mean, it really comes to light when you're put in positions where you're hopeless without him. Or your life isn't the picture-perfect life that you present on social media. Or you lose your job. Or your child is sick. Or something, the car breaks down again. It's in moments like that where it comes to light, our faith in the Lord. When we come to this chapter, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, we're introduced to Hannah. She has a husband who has two wives. I'm not even going to preach on that today. I'm going to leave the husbands out of it. Are you with me? He's already messed up there. And the Bible says that he loved Hannah. But Hannah had a problem. She, she wanted children. She wanted children for herself. She wanted to give children to her husband. But she was not able to. In verse number 4, the Bible tells us when it came time for Elkanah to offer to the Lord as they come and they present themselves to the Lord yearly to worship. It says that he gave to Peninnah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. That was his other wife. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And I want to stress that before we go forth. The Bible says the Lord shut up her womb. So how do you deal with that? You can't get angry at yourself. You can't get angry at your husband. You can't get angry at anyone but God. It wasn't that, it wasn't that she had committed a sin. It wasn't that she had lived a lifestyle that prevented her from having children. I mean, the Holy Spirit puts right here in Scripture the reason why she couldn't have children. God said she couldn't have children. Now put yourself in that position. And at that moment, now you can't, you, can't, you can't blame anyone else. You can't argue with anyone else. It's between you and God right there. If God wanted to, God could do it. Are you with me? But God chose not to. 
And there are times in our life where God just simply chooses not to. And when he does that, the question is, do you believe the Lord? How does that affect our worship, our spirit? How does that affect our daily life? She lived with this. She desperately wanted to be a mother but could not. And then you notice in verse number Verse number six, that her adversary, you know, the other woman, right? The Bible says, provoked her sore to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. So let's put it like this. She looks at another woman who has plenty of children, and you might even say, she is a terrible mother. She is a terrible mother. Those kids are always filthy. They're always in trouble. They're not acting right. They're not doing right. She's not raising them up in the admonition and of the Lord. She's, she's wasting the blessing that she has been given. And this woman sitting here who is, would love to have children sees that woman and it provokes her to the point that she could get angry with God and angry at that mother and angry at other mothers because she has not been given this wonderful gift. And for you it may be something else. Maybe your child's not healthy. And you see other kids who are healthy. Or maybe, or maybe your spouse is sick and you see other spouses and they're, they're, they get to go and do all kinds of things, but you're having to take care of what has been presented them. Wake up. Do you believe the Lord in that moment? Then you add to the fact in verse number 7, he did so year by year, and when she went up to the house of the Lord, she provoked her. Then, then you throw in the fact that every time she comes to worship, every time she comes to worship, she's reminded of the fact that God has chosen to bless others, but not her. And so the very, the very thought of coming to worship is not easy for her. We would think that that would be the best place for you to be. But unless you're there, unless you're in those shoes, you just don't know. And so the very thought of coming to worship, the Bible says that, that she wept and did not eat. At a place of celebration and giving glory to God and being thankful for all that God has done, she couldn't eat. All she could do was weep in that moment. Do you believe the Lord? Elkanah came to her in verse number 8. In a very loving way. He says, Hannah, why, why weepest thou? Why eatest thou not? 
Why is thy heart grieved? A lot of times we give Elkanah some grief over that. But I believe he loved her. And he wanted to help her. He wanted to minister to her. He says, babe, why, why, why are you weeping? Am not I better than ten sons? He was a little sure of himself, for sure. You know? But I know he said it out of love. He loved her. Babe, don't cry. Don't cry. In verse 9, she rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. The Bible says that Eli was there, the priest. He's sitting upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. She goes to the temple in verse 10, and you see the description. She was in bitterness of soul, yet she's praying unto the Lord and wept sore. You know, there's a lot of people in that moment who allow their bitterness to turn them away from God. Or they allow their bitterness to turn them away from the temple, if you would, or at the very least, they allow their bitterness to turn them away from worship. She goes and she, she weeps before the Lord and Verse 11, we see the seriousness of her prayer. She, the Bible says she vowed a vow. Ecclesiastes tells us not to do such a thing. Don't vow a vow before the Lord if you're not willing to keep it. Don't go back on it. She vowed a vow. And address the Lord in terms of his glory. She says, O Lord of hosts. And then she placed him from a place of, she approached him from a place of reverence. He, she says, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt. You ought to underline those words. If thou wilt. That's how she approached him. She came before the Lord to vow a vow before him, but she's not saying, you have to do this. If you love me, you have to give me your blessing. You have to answer this prayer. She approaches him and she says, O Lord of hosts, your God, there is none other like you. You're the God that sees us at our best, and you're the God that sees us at our worst. You understand our affliction. And so she says, if you will, indeed, look on the affliction of thine handmaid. You don't have to. But she comes to him in a place of reverence, and she lifts him up, and she calls us, she refers to herself as his servant, his, his handmaid. And she offered a request, if you will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me. Have you ever been to a place where you felt forgotten? 
well, I'm not even sure if God loves me. Have you ever felt like that? I'm not even sure if God, I mean, in my mind, because I know what the scripture says, I think that, that's a foolish thought. But it's a real thought. Does God love us? Yes, God loves us. We know God loves us. But there are times where I'm not sure that I feel like it. And she feels forgotten. And she, so she says, if you will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, I'm your, I'm your child, I'm your servant, she says, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid. But will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. If you'll remember me, Lord, give me a son. Give me a son who I can give back to you and he can serve you with his life. In verse 12, it came to pass that she continued praying before the Lord. She's just, picture this, she's at the altar, she's praying before the Lord just in a picture that we can relate to. She's there and she's praying. Everybody else, they're, they're busy about their worship and their, what they're doing. Eli is sitting over there and he, he's, he's watching her. And he notices her lips moving, but he can't hear her voice. And I don't know what worship was like in that time, Miss Beth, but it had to be something else for the preacher to be, the priest to be sitting over there, the man of God, and look at her and thinks, that woman right there is drunk. She's drunk. I don't know, maybe his heart wasn't right. I know his kids were not right with God. We learned that later. That's a different message for a different time. But he's watching her. And the Bible says that Hannah spake in her heart in verse 13. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thine wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I, I, am, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And he said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Are you with me? So she gets done with her prayer, and God didn't say... I'm going to answer it. She pours her out. She pours it out to the Lord. And she says, God, it's all up to you. It is up to you. And I'm just asking you as your handmaid, if you will, remember me. Don't forget me. Remember me. And give me a son. She's accused of being drunk in the process. She gets up and she walks away. And the Bible says that she went to eat. It says that her countenance was no more sad. And in verse number 19, when they rose up in the morning early, they worshiped before the Lord. Do you believe the Lord?
Because that's when it, that's when it becomes real. It becomes real at that moment when you can't do anything and God may or may not. But in that moment, I'm not going to walk around in sorrow with my head down. It's up to God. What I can do about it is I'm going to worship Him because He's God. And maybe with tears strolling down my face, because he's the Lord, I can sing, how great is my God. Well, you get to verse 19, and they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house. Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah's wife, and the Lord remembered her. Lord hadn't forgotten her. He conceived she had a she was with child, and it came to pass in verse 20 when wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son, she called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord, and the man of Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up. She said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned. And then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, verse 24, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew the bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. God answered. He didn't answer because he had to. He answered because he could. Are you with me? If you're with me, say amen. He didn't answer because he had to. He answered because he could. He later gives her five more kids. Three boys and two girls. She had a pretty good family. Are you with me? But even in the midst of her sorrow and even in the midst of the unknown, she worshiped the Lord. And she praised Him. Even in the midst of her heartache. Are you here? Even when it was difficult for her to go up and worship, she still went and worshiped. Because she believed the Lord was God. The theme of this message is simple that. Mama prayed. That's really what we got from Hannah. What does it say in chapter 2? The first three words. And Hannah did what? She prayed. She prayed. 
I, I believe with all my heart that a mother has a unique relationship with a child. And a father has a unique relationship as well. But there's something special about a mother and her child. And God blesses the mother who prays for her children. My mother's here this morning. Hey, Mom. My mother wasn't raised in a Christian home. It was far from it. Her dad was an alcoholic. Her mother lived in Chicago for a number of years. When she got to high school, she had a cousin who came and got her. And that's how she ended up in Huntsville. And worked at Crystal's down on Whitesburg where she met the good-looking man whom I get my name after. My dad was in the military. They got married when he was 20. She had only been 18 for a few months. They didn't have any big wedding. They went to the Piggly Wiggly in Park City. That's where they went after they got married. To buy groceries and go to their humble abode. The next year I was born, she, just, she just turned 19. She'd only been 19 for a couple of weeks. And I came into this world. And uh, my mama didn't know, she didn't know the Lord. We had a revival service at, at the church. I say we, I mean, I was there. And uh, uh, my grandmother, who's now at home with the Lord, she, uh, when, they, when she saw them come in, I'm, I'm relaying this to you. I don't remember it. Um, when she saw them come in, she quickly grabbed me and took me to the nursery and because my grandmother wanted my mother to hear the preaching. And uh, she heard the gospel that night and uh, was leaving the service under conviction. And the preacher stopped her and said, would you like to talk? Am I telling this right? And said, would you like to talk? And she said, yes, sir, I would. And uh, that night she accepted Jesus as her Savior. Just a young, just a, still a teenager, man. She didn't really know how to be a mom. But she knew how to pray. And uh, she shares, you have to tell her, you have to listen to her tell it. But she talks about a time when I was just a little baby and, 
in the crib and she's laying beside the bed and she's praying for me. And uh, she just became troubled because of the world that we live in, early 70s. And, uh, you know, she, she questioned God, why, why would I have a child in this world that we live in? A lot of us parents felt that at some point in time, right? And, and the Lord just kind of eased her conscience, just comforted her and said, you know what, maybe... He didn't use the word maybe. What, what if? What if I use him to make a difference in the world? It's another one of those what ifs. What if our kids turn out wrong? What if they get with the wrong crowd? Well, what if they turn out right? Anybody? Mama prayed. In all my years growing up, even when we were not in church, my mother would come to my bedroom every night and would pray over me to the point that I hated it. <laughs> hated it. I'm a 16, 17-year-old boy who knows everything. I don't need you in here praying over me. Every night, every night, even if I wasn't there, she'd go to my bedroom at my pillow and pray for me. And so when you're not living right and you're not doing right, and you know that, and you're trying to hide things from your mom, and she comes in there and she's going to pray for you, that's, that's convicting in itself, Right? Mama prayed. And sometimes as parents, we don't know what else to do. And we bring our children to church, and the hope is that the, you know, takes a village, right? And a community of believers helps our kids instill in the values that we are, they're hearing it from somebody else and not just us. But don't ever undervalue a mama who prays. Because that prayer may change the world. It may change somebody's neighbor, somebody's community somebody else's family. Don't ever undervalue a mama who prays. Come up here, mama. Hey, your son does this every week. You can do it for just a moment. I, uh, I wanted, I've been praying about this for a while. I've been wanting to honor some mothers in our church. 
If you don't mind, I'm going to honor my mama today. Okay? Matter of fact, I even got you this. It's a mother with her two children, two boys. Kyle couldn't be here today. He's out with his wife. My mama went to the doctor this week. They didn't like some things that they saw. And so they sent her over to a Clearview in Huntsville. And she met with a cancer doctor on Monday. And uh, he checked all the tests that they have done so far. And... Uh, He, he feels with his experience that she's looking at ALL, acute lymphocytic leukemia. We've all heard of that. But they won't know for sure until Thursday. Well, Thursday, he's gotten more tests and uh, more blood work to be done. And then we find out the next Thursday what we're looking at. And to be honest with you, I wasn't prepared for that. All right? So, but I had you come up here not to embarrass you. Um, a lot of times when someone is worried about difficult news, we wait, we just, you know, we don't want nobody to know about that until we know for sure. And I kind of felt that way because I don't want to listen to any of the people who mean, people who mean well, but they say things that kind of discouraging. They didn't mean to, it just, it just turns out that way. So you kind of protect yourself from that. But uh, I wanted my church to pray for you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That, uh, that the doctor who's practicing medicine is not, doesn't know what the great physician knows. And so I've got a special request this morning. You don't have to do... You don't have to do this, especially if you're a guest. But if you're a woman in this church, would you please come up here to the front? And I just want to step down here. Step right up here in the middle.
you don't mind, just put your hands on her, please. And uh, pray for her. Miss Aubrey, would you please, why don't you pray out loud, okay? Let's all stand our feet, please.